0: Welcome to the Author's Podcast with Lisa Newton. Writing a book is a dream for many people, and in today's society, it has become easier and more important than ever. If you are an expert, speaker, coach, or an authority in your field, having a book is the new business card. It can increase your credibility, enhance your status, and make you the go-to person in your field opening doors and bringing a flood of opportunities straight to you. You can increase your fees and start choosing the clients you really want to work with. The Authors Podcast Show with Lisa Newton is designed to inspire, educate and inform you, both entrepreneur and individual, on how to write a book, as well as writer's tips and strategies on how to actually get that book written. On today's show, you'll learn more about how to write a book, including writing ideas, marketing, and how to succeed in getting a book written. Here we go with the Author's Podcast, and here is your host, Lisa Newton.
1: okay hello and welcome to another episode of the author's podcast today my guest is kaya who's written four books and co-authored three more one of her books is an international bestseller on amazon in the category of biographies currently she's working on her teaching memoir which will be available which will be available for sale in 2020. Kea graduated in physics and has a master's degree in computer science. She's the founding owner of the Ventura Healing Center in Southern California. She works as a hypnotherapist, NLP trainer and healer. Before this, she worked as a para-educator with children of special needs for three years. Um, before that, she, will, she worked as a software engineer for 16 years. As a teenager, she worked as a tutor in science, mathematics and English for six years. Kea is passionate about helping her clients at crossroads start over in life. Also, she's available as a speaker on spiritual health, self-care for caregivers and starting over in your 50s, still possible to make dreams come true. When she's not reading, writing or helping her clients get their goals, she loves to sing, paint, cook and travel. More than anything, Kea enjoys watching sunsets and being a mom. So all that said, I should have on the line Kea. Hello. <laughs> Hi Kea. <laughs> so thank you very much for, for being a guest on the show. Um, Thank you so much for having me on the show. I yeah. am obliged and <laughs> great and <I'm> excited. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had anyone um, in your in your discipline in your field um, so far, so it's a it's a good learning for me. So, um, do tell me how you got into being a hypnotherapist, um, c- considering that your master's degree was in computer science, which <laughs> It's quite a, a very different discipline
2: yes Uh that is why I'm so passionate about helping people start over because you know Lisa life happens right yes. life does happen we don't quit you go on and that which did not kill you made you only stronger <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <absolutely. laughs> so I have been through a loss of jobs Um, a divorce, bankruptcy, children leaving home because they had to, they grew up and stuff and death of a dog, you know, your mother dying, you know, stuff just keeps happening. (laughs) And I just wear it as a chip on my shoulder and continue redefining myself. And I have been called um, by many as super intelligent although I do a lot of stupid things. (laughs) And one of the common things about people like me, I think, is we get bored. We get bored with whatever is surrounding us, and we want more, we want to learn. And I never loved being amused. That is, you may call it negative about me, is that I don't like to be amused. I'm like, you know, give me more, give me more, give me more. So that is why I, you know, when my career as a software engineer ended I tried working from home doing stuff like herbal life and various network marketing industries and I found something um, like they would say you have to have a sense of urgency and people came in my mind this is what I felt at that time I was in my 30s then I thought people were like competitive cannibalistic and extremely poverty conscious like nothing was ever enough nothing was Mm -hmm. ever enough So I literally, this is what I did. I I was 37 at that time. I took my kids, my husband, my dad, my mother-in-law, and anyone who would come with me, including a sister-in-law, and we went to the Himalayas. I'm originally from India, went to the Himalayas, and they were all tired and bored, and then we came down, and I left my children with my sister. And I went and lived in my guru's ashram, which is like my spiritual teacher, his monastery, uh, which is by the Bay of Bengal in India, Southeast uh, India. And I lived there for three months and and got into a course um, where we studied how to live your life, if you would like to call it. They actually call it the Brahmachari training. And after that, I came back and I was, again, applying for software jobs, but I was like, oh, I hope nobody calls me. And if somebody calls me, I hope I don't answer the phone or I'm not at home. You know, all those things to avoid. And then I found an ad which said, you can be a hypnotist for free. And I called the number right away and I said, this is America. Nothing is free. What's the catch? Mm. And they said, well, you can come and study with us. And the free part is only the first month, but it's a full on, I mean, full on uh, diploma. It's a one Mm. uh, year course where you have to do 720 hours of um, internship and work with real life clients. And it's a nationally accredited um, center. So mm-hmm. I just got on board, and for one year, I studied and worked with people right from day one, because I was like, you know what, I'm not going to, how am I going to remember all this? So I was <laughs> working from the day one that I got enrolled in the institute, and it's called the School of Hypnotherapy, HMI School of Hypnotherapy in Los Angeles, and um, and then I realized that hypnosis was just uh, a gate opener, because everybody says, oh, I want to lose weight, I want to quit smoking. And I want stress control and I want pain control or pain management. And I'm like, no, life is so much more than just losing weight and stopping smoking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from there on, I just went on getting more education and learning more, including yoga, astrology, emotional freedom technique, NLP and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. But I just keep studying every single year to know how to be better and help myself. And help my clients.
1: You were listening to The Author's Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have The Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. OK, that's um. So I think 37 is an interesting age because I've heard that a few times where sometimes it's it, it seems to be a, a, a snapping point for many people where they just decide that they, they've got to make a change. I don't know if it's because 40 is looming, um, but they it's 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 a critical age for many. It's interesting. And I'll so, tell you why
2: hmm. it is because of astrology. you know, it does. Is your fourth cycle of Jupiter beginning so yes so because Jupiter takes 12 years to go around all our zodiac signs which are 12 mm. uh, it stays one year in each sign so 36 it has completed three cycles and your fourth cycle is beginning
1: yeah uh, and what effect does the the planet Jupiter have on us his... Jupiter is all about expansion Jupiter
2: is all about expansion and of course um, anything you're focusing on you'll have more of it so if if you're focusing on your fear you'll have more of it and if you're
1: focusing on fun you'll have more of it (laughs) (laughs) and I've always been fascinated with um hypnotherapy do do you think it's possible for everyone to be hypnotized because I watch those shows and I know it's not you know like you know the, the, the tv shows as such but is, is it possible for everyone to to be hypnotized
2: in fact the honest truth is we are all hypnotized mm. the first thing that i have to work on with my client when they come into my office or get on the phone with me is help them dehypnotize themselves Because we have these patterns going on in our mind over and over and over again. No matter how successful you are, how many certificates you have, how many books you got published, you still feel like that little child who was unseen, unheard, unloved, whatever. You know, that is the truth. And um, so everyone can be hypnotized, of course, because we all have a subconscious mind. But for some people, it is harder than others. And I do not work with those people. And I'll tell you, because they are have a clinical case, you know, like they have gone through extreme trauma, or they have never in their life known love or family, or they have come back from war. So because I also want to live my life, write books, watch sunsets, do all the other stuff, So I do not take on those people as my clients and pass them on to experts who just want to specialize in that uh, or who do specialize in that. And I work with people who are at crossroads in their life, feeling either lost, stuck or overwhelmed. And I just help them go move beyond themselves into the reality that they want
1: to create. Okay. We're listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. Please do subscribe to, like, and share this channel. So, if you're just tuning in, I am talking to Kea, who is a coach and is the founding owner of the Ventura Healing Center in Southern, Southern California. So, so, Kea, is it, and you sound And I'm so happy I'm speaking to you today because you sound like such an upbeat person and the energy is lovely. Do you find that when you're moving or you're, I don't know, growing, expanding and you want to be around more positive energy people? Because I can imagine there are people out there listening to this podcast right now thinking, my gosh, I need more chaos in my life, you know. And you have people around you who are really negative, dragging you down, pulling you back. How do you deal with that? How do you either get rid of them or do you lift them up and pull them along with you? How do you, you know, get rid of those type of people? Because I know with clients, it's easy to say, you know, you're not quite the right fit for me, but here's a better therapist, you know, for you. But when you've got friends and family around you that are just quite negative and, you know, Mm -hmm. how, how do you deal with people like that? Okay, for advice uh-huh. advice for, for the general people listening right okay first of all I want uh,
2: people to understand that we create our reality mm. and I'm going to repeat that we create our reality when we are surrounded by negativity we have to look within ourselves and ask ourselves how did I manage to create that it's the honest truth yes yes we cr- we attract Like, for example, when forget hypnosis and healing and anything, when I used to work as a software engineer, and I used to have one of those crazy days at work, and I was like, Oh, I'll be so glad to go home. I come home, my husband is crazy. My kid is crazy. Everybody's crazy. (laughs) The traffic is crazy. And the day I'm like, Oh, today was such a good day. I had such a blah, 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 I'll go home and it'll be and I come home and I'm like, And I'll be like, oh, and today I can handle my child because I had to pick her up from the daycare and all that kind of stuff. My child had a perfect day at school. My husband had a perfect day at work. Everyone was so perfect. The traffic was perfect. Everything was perfect. (laughs) So that is the truth. you know. Work on yourself. And if you ask me, one word answer is meditate. But if you want a long answer, then find someone who can help you teach you, guide you, inspire you, impact you into starting and sustaining a meditation practice. Because it's not a woo-woo thing. It's not a fashionable thing. It's a reality as real as brushing your teeth. You have to do it twice a day and floss at night. So (laughs) meditation is just like that. You have to do it twice a day. You can't say no to it. Because the, the moment... You don't do it one day and you'll be like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And then you don't do it on the third day. Trust me, you broke your habit. It takes Mm -hmm. 21 days to build a habit and three days to break one.
1: Right. And when you say meditation twice a day, I'll assume that's in the morning and then in the evening.
2: Yes, uh, morning, the first thing here, because it is so important to have a sane and dignified day and you can only live your life one day at a time. Yeah. So wake up and that's the first thing you do. And you may say, oh, I'm late. Doesn't matter, you're already late. Invest five minutes in yourself so people will invest their time in you. Mm. You don't fill your cup, no one else is going to fill it for you. When you're flying, They ask you to put on the oxygen mask first on yourself before you help someone else, right? It's the same thing. Do it for you so you will be surrounded. This is the law of attraction coming in. You'll Mm -hmm. be surrounded by people who do it for themselves and together you can do it for each other. So Mm -hmm. you cannot push negativity away, but you can attract positivity. And the way you do it is by filling your own teapot. So when someone comes to you with an empty cup, you can fill
1: it. And do you think? And I'm I'm agreeing with you. If if I was on the video, you would see me nodding furiously. I agree completely with everything you're saying. Do you think? And I know that this this is a question that a lot of people ask. Is five minutes enough? Because you you know know, you have this idea. You know, get started with something. Hmm. Get
2: started with something. I teach people. You know, my client like yesterday when I was working with this lady. Who's a realtor? And I told her get started with M M&M. and You know, one minute meditation, just one minute. You know, do one minute before you go to bed. Because when you're going to bed, if you can do nothing for yourself, do that one minute before bed. Because when you're going to bed, you do not have a critical mind. You do not have a conscious mind. All you have is this big mush, and you alter your state into this meditative state. So when you're sleeping you're sleeping better, you're sleeping deeper, you're resting, you're waking up fresher. So at yes. least that much if you can get started one minute and I can you know, show you how to do it because it takes just one minute to do it. And so if you're sleeping for six hours, five hours, four hours, eight hours, you are in that state. And of course, this is like homeopathy. It's not like allopathy where you give them an, a flu shot and they are good for the season it's like it builds on itself you get into a habit of doing one minute every night and um, in 30 days you are like 30 times stronger yes. you know it's, yeah so you build on itself it is like a natural herb that you take you know like turmeric or whatever ashwagandha or <laughs> whatever saint john's <laughs> Wort. it's it's just that it builds on itself
1: yes people don't think a minute's a long time but i know um i think it's the brahma kumaris have a, a website which is just a minute i think just a com, and that is is about taking a minute out of your time to to meditate um and and just have that moment and it does like you say make all the difference mm-hmm. um okay um You are listening to The Author's Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have The Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. So if you're just tuning in, I am talking to Coach Keo, who is is a hypnotherapist, NLP trainer and healer. So, Sakeya, tell me about how you wrote your first book. How did the idea come about and what steps did you take? Was it something that you'd been thinking about for a while? Did it just come to you? How how did you get started?
2: Okay. So, again, I come from India and India has too many rites and rituals. (laughs) (laughs) When the child turns six or seven months old, basically when the parents feel like she's supposed to have first solid food. So there is a huge program where the entire village is invited, of course. Uh, For everything, we get the entire village invited. (laughs) And the child will be, you know, eating some rice or whatever it is. Some solid is going to be ceremoniously put into her mouth. And they also do something called they fill a tray with stuff. You know, gold, silver, mud, pencil, paper, book, you know, flowers, lipstick, you know, food, everything. Mm-hmm. So and they offer this tray to the child and the child picks something and then they say like, yeah, this is what the child is going to be. <laughs> so when they gave me the tray, of course, I took the entire tray and then they pulled the tray out and they said only one thing. And <laughs> it seems I picked up the pen. And this was, you know, I was born in 66. So in 1966, it was a fountain pen. Most people don't know what a fountain pen is, but I took the fountain pen and I just twisted it and I pulled the cap out and I was waving it, you know, like a six-year-old waving it in the air. And they said, oh, she's going to be a writer. (laughs) Okay, that, that was the prediction then. Okay, now let's keep moving on. And I told you, even before we got on this call, I'm camera shy. So I was born and raised as a shy, quite an introverted person. I know I'm blabbering a lot right now. This is my stage persona. Trust me. I use hypnosis on myself. <laughs> but I would love to write. I would write everything because I didn't know how to tell anyone anything, but I knew how to write. So I would always write. And I always and people and Once in a while, I got on my soapbox, and I would talk, and my friends would just stare at me, and they would all say, you need to write that. That Mm. was so perfect. That was so beautiful. And I'd be like, man, I write all the time, you know? And then once, I met this lady, and this was in 2012, and she says, um, she looked at my feet. You know, she did one of those foot readings, and she said, blah, 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 so many things. And she said, um, but you will never write a book. And I'm like, what? That was a dare for me. You tell me I can't do it, I will do it. <laughs> so I wrote my first book, 11 Steps to Goal Getting, using the principles of hypnosis, NLP, and HUNA. How mm. can people get their goals? Because setting goals is so easy. Anyone can set a goal, but how do you get them? Yes. So that was the first book that I came out with. You know, And it took me like a day to write the whole book, because I'm that crazy (laughs) and I wrote it in a day, but then it took me like three months uh, to edit it because I was going through one chapter because after I did a brain dump, I walked away from the book. Mm. Brain dump, heart dump, mind dump, whatever you want. Mm. And then I used to pick one chapter up once a week and go through it and make it clean. Because this is what I know about writing. As you know, first you write for yourself. Mm then you write for your reader who's one person at a time you mm. write it for your reader your audience then you write it for your business and then you write it for the world yeah so i followed that formula you know first it was me it was cathartic process you know just yeah. dumb and so that is how I got started. So my first book came out in
1: 2014 and then I wrote, you know, various other books. So that that's really, really interesting because um, I I can relate to um, putting all the ideas down on the page and just just being able to just do that in, in a day and just getting it all out there on the page. But then, like you say, coming back to it, for me, it's a difficult thing to come back to something once I've... Done it but i know that that's where you you tidy it up and you um yeah hone it in um what i wanted to ask is what what is Huna? so i know so the book title is 11 steps to goal getting using principles of hypnosis nlp and Huna. i've not heard of Huna. you were listening to the author's podcast with lisa newton please do subscribe to like and share this channel
2: Okay, uh HUNA is Hawaiian shamanism. It's And basically, it's just the way the indigenous people of Hawaii live their life. And one of the most important things for me that I always share with my clients, and I walked away with the first time I heard it, was the forgiveness meditation. People find it very hard to forgive themselves or anyone, because people think, Forgiveness is like you do to someone else. No, you never forgive anyone else because you're not that awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You only forgive yourself for having judged yourself or having held on to pain from the past Mm. for so long and just slowing yourself down, hurting yourself. So that's all it is. It is the act of forgiveness so huna is so vast that it's like an ocean you can dive into it and only go deeper and deeper and deeper but what i love are two things that people can practice today onwards is the act of forgiveness forgiving yourself for having held on to anything because you do not want to be judged for something you did yesterday right Mm. So why would you do that to someone else? We only remember as we knew them in the past. We can't see them for who they are today because we don't recognize ourselves for who we are today. It's our internal script that's constantly running and telling me that I am a brown girl, I am dark-skinned, I am stupid, I'm lazy, I'm probably dumb too because I wouldn't talk and I would stay quiet in the corner so people just so no matter what I have done in my life Mm. my default is that Mm. because it is ingrained in my unconscious mind so forgiveness allows me to step away from everything tonight before I go to bed and I really do this practice every day and then go to sleep free so tomorrow when I wake up I'm like okay today's a new day yeah and The other thing in uh, Huna, which I learned was the spirit of aloha. And people might have heard the word aloha. And they'll say like, oh, aloha is hello and aloha is goodbye, like namaste. No, aloha is so much more than that. It Mm. helps you learn to love. And true love is patient, Mm. is perseverant, it is connectedness, it is unconditional, it is eternal, it is absolute all those and i'm using words to describe aloha but truly aloha is indescribable Mm. so to learning to love unconditionally and absolutely and eternally that is what aloha teaches
1: wow you were listening to the author's podcast with me your host lisa newton you can email me, Lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have the inner circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. So, I am talking to Coach Kayon. Who is based in Southern California? She's the founding owner of Ventura Healing Center. Works as a hypnotherapist, NLP trainer, and healer. And a I don't know if you've been described as this before, but I think a motivational speaker. Because I'm feeling like I'm on fire right now. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's great. It's 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 good. Um, fantastic. Um, so. So then you so one of your books um is called 21 days stronger. It's more than gratitude journaling. So mm-hmm. tell me a bit about that.
2: Okay. So when I because my life is all about gratitude it truly is. I'm not just giving it a lip service. Because in America, one of, you know, American English is very different from British English. It's different from English English. So when you come here, you hear people say stuff like, oh, you must be so proud of her. I'm so proud of you. And so I always regress to my elementary school when I was told or taught in a Catholic school, of course, (laughs) that pride comes before a fall. So why are people proud? You know, because the moment you are so proud, what's the next thing that's going to happen? You're going to land on your nose, like a child (laughs) taking everything literally. So I said, no, you shouldn't be proud of things. But then people said, then what should you be? Grateful. Because if you think about it... like I'm 53 and I hear a lot of people say, oh, those were the good old days. Or you go to Facebook and you say, throwback Thursdays. Everybody's talking of the good old, good old, good old. And I'm like, if it was so good, why isn't it continuing? Why did you lose it? <laughs> and the reason is you lose good things because you take them for granted. Yeah. But if you are grateful for that, you will have more of it. So that is truly important. So I said, okay, let me look online for some gratitude journals. And everything was blank. I mean, there were tons of gratitude journals on Amazon. And I looked at them I'm like, what is this? People don't know how to be grateful. Because again, being a hypnotherapist and an NLP trainer, I know it has to do with your subconscious. So, and you can't be always positive because again, going back to physics, if you are just positive, you're going to explode, <laughs> sometimes people say oh let's be positive 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 i'm like what is that you know it's like you know staying high on like eternal high you cannot because in nature in this world of duality every positive is balanced by an equal and opposite negative because we all know what happened to hiroshima there's one positive particle it was a hydrogen atom that caused that massive destruction, the effect of which we are feeling even today. And that's what positivity does. So every positive has an equal and opposite negative. So if at the end of the day, you sit like, how do I like finish off today and also take all the good stuff from today into tomorrow, you can think of two things. One is what, what is it that happened that challenged me? Yeah. You know, what happened that challenged me? What was it that Or in simplistic words, what was bad about today? And something will pop up in your mind right away. And you can write it down. This is what happened. So that was a loss. But every loss is a loss. Only until you have received a learning from it. Because the loss is the price you pay for the lesson you have learned. So what did I learn from this? From this negative thing that happened today, what did I learn from it? And when you write that down, wow, you know, you're, you are that much wiser. And the good thing that happened today, just write it down and say you're grateful for it. Because when people get into gratitude, everyone is grat- grateful for the weather and their mother and their <laughs> roof. It's all generic. <laughs> no, but today... So seven days later, when you pick up your journal, you find at least seven things you're grateful for and seven lessons you have learned. In a month, it is 30. In a year, it is 365. So no one can call you stupid anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I wrote this book to get people started, you know. So I took a, um, a quote by someone famous and I wrote my own blah, blah. How do I interpret this quote? What does? How does it make sense for me? And people can do that for themselves. Like, you know, someone can say anything. You know, the sky is blue and violets are blue and so is whatever and I love you. And what does it mean to you today? You know, just write some blah, blah. You know, whatever it is. It's a cathartic process. Mm-hmm. And then write at least one thing you learned today. You can write up to six things that you learned today. And at least one thing that you're grateful for. And again, you can write five to seven things that you're grateful for. And when you do it every day, 21 days, you know, because you created a habit of journaling every night before bed, this is your time with you and you have positive proof. Mm. These are your lessons. These are your gratitude, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think when you, you do do that practice, I think it really can help change your mindset because you start to look for the positives as opposed to always dwelling on on the negatives, if that's the kind of person you are. And it it does become a habit. I remember once being, I don't know if I would say in a state of depression, but very down. And I remember thinking to myself, right, Lisa, from this situation, from this where we are, let's just think of 10 things that we can be grateful for because life could be a, a lot worse. And then as I started writing and I just made a list and I got up to about 50. And at the end, I was feeling a lot more upbeat and it just it just it shifted something in me shifted. where I just thought, you know, it it is a bad situation, but it could be a lot worse. And I think, you know, anyone going through a hard time just focusing on on things to be grateful for, like you say, because the glass is always half Full. It, there's always something that we, we can be grateful for. You were listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton. Please do subscribe to, like, and share this channel. And I, I
2: have, mm. and I have something to say to that glass half full. You know, a pessimist will say it is half full, an optimist will say, no, a pessimist will say half empty. Mm. An optimist says it's half full, and a mystic says it's always full because half your drink and half air, and you need them both.
1: Mm, okay, I've not heard that one before. Okay, <laughs> uh, a, a mystic will say, okay, it, it's full. Well, yeah, and it's it's another way to to look at things as well. Sometimes we 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 can't see it, especially if you're going through a dark cloud um and and there is a lot of talk especially now and i'm I'm glad i mean prince harry in the uk has got a uh, heads together charity there's a lot of talk of mental wellness mental well-being um and it's it's trying to reduce the stigma for people to come forward especially you know life isn't always going to be great as you've as you've said we we do go through our ups and downs but it's how we deal with those challenges um in between i think that really really counts you know yes making us ourselves stronger Mm, absolutely so um so 21 days stronger it's more than gratitude journaling that can be found on amazon and so you you've got another book landing on the lap of the buddha simple steps to to suffer to suffering um And I am alive. Lessons from a Bengali Tigress. And I noted that some of your books had been co-authored. So, how do you either find someone to write with, or find the right person to write with, or you know, come together with someone? So, say you know, people are out there, they might have a friend, and you might be thinking, oh, you know, we should write a book, and you've talked about it for a while or whatever what tips do you have for co-authoring books or how have you found it is it been an easy process uh, is one person normally more active than the other do you read and critique each other's work how how do how have you found co-authoring books
2: okay like i said i meditate and mm. i ask the universe to send me stuff Okay, I am not an aggressive marketer who goes out and hands out business cards and tells people I exist. I love to write. So that was a blessing. That's how I got my website. That's how I have my practice for the last 14 years, because everything is on the website and people find stuff. And I used to be a software engineer, so I used to put stuff out. So I know how to build a website and keep it going. So I'm out there in the written world you know, which has Mm. happened over, it doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen if you are consistent writing an article Mm. a week and putting Mm -hmm. yourself out there. But there's two things. One of them is that I meditate and I know how to pull things to me, but there's also called something, the great hack. It's a movie on Netflix. So which means Google and Facebook are watching you and I'm not kidding. Everybody knows everything about you. You think it's a secret? (laughs) No. You dream a dream and tomorrow you'll find that post on Facebook which is trying to constantly tell you, hey, click here, hey, click here, hey, click here, okay? So that is how I came across an ad on Facebook that said um, you can be an author and uh, and you can, you no, you, not you can be an author, you can be a best-selling author. I'm like, all right, let me see what's the catch. Mm. And I got on the list of this lady who is Christine Closer and she had published Pebbles in the Pond, uh, like three versions before, like one a year. And Mm. she does a retreat. Uh, She used to, she just did the fifth book. And then after that, she stopped. So there's Pebbles in the Pond, wave one, two, three, four, and five. So I was, I'm in the fourth book, uh, fourth wave. And everybody contributes a story, um, a biographical story into the biography into that. And it gets edited by a professional editor and it costs a lot of money. It cost me like, you know, around $20,000, but you know, Mm. I just wanted to be on the list. Right. Mm. (laughs) So, and, uh, and there's a retreat. She does a master heart retreat. And once a month she was doing a call where everybody got in, but my book was already done in the first three days. I wrote my chapter, sent it in, (laughs) had Mm. it edited and it was already done. But then I got on the calls and listened to other people whine and complain. And I used to think, like, man, all of these people can be my clients.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then um, the book came out in a year. And um, there is another um, service. You know, It's called the internationalbestsellingauthors.org, if somebody goes to the website. And there is the lady, Vicky Wintertan. Mm-hmm. and um she does a program where she pushes your book like crazy and of mm-hmm. course you have to push your book like crazy too and all the 28 authors push their book like crazy and for one day it is a best selling book on amazon in a certain category and then you become a best selling author and you have co-authored with 28 other books mm-hmm. uh, a 20, 27 other authors yeah. and um, so that's a nice on your resume where people know Neil Donald Walsh because he wrote the book Conversations with God and people may not know Christine Closer or Marcy Shymoff but most people have heard of the book Conversations with God so I can say like "Mm, I was in the same book with (laughs) Neil Donald Walsh I can always say that (laughs) I paid $20,000 that's a different story right (laughs) but yeah we did it and then from that um, some factions broke out and then they said hey you want to do another book and then there was Sparks of Inspiration 1, where 21 people got together and contributed a chapter, and then there was Sparks of Inspiration 2. Again, I got on that and contributed another chapter with 12 other authors. So that's how I'm part of three anthologies and, um, and these four books that I wrote. But my other one, which is really my heart and soul, my teaching memoir, which has been taking such a long time because I'm just trying to make it perfect. Being a Virgo rising. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So there are lots of people out there who, um, and you can just go and look at it, you know, how to be a best-selling author and not even how to be a best-selling author, how to contribute to an anthology. And you can give people $700 or $7,000 or whatever it is they charge, and you can write a chapter, send it to them, and some of them edit it, And they may be the ones who charge you less and you might have to find your own editor who will edit it for you. And if they like it, they will just put it in. But you have to pay them to be published in their anthology. So, And there are so many topics out there. Now I know so many people who are authors because they wrote one chapter. And that is a great way because it's the power of the collective. Like if 10 people write one chapter and 10 people will 10 tell their people on their list or friends and family and suddenly strangers hear of you and they will come to you Mm. or at least hear your story and be touched by it and that's a great service
1: you were listening to the author's podcast with me your host lisa newton you can email me Lisa at lisa.newton.co.uk, and remember we have the inner circle, which is for writers just like you, and you can join us at writerbook.net. Yes, I once contributed to to a chapter of a book um, by Barvin Patel. It was called Cashflow Magic, and I wrote the book on um, cash flow on um finances cuz that's uh, it's, it was just on cash flow forecasting so um there are people out there that do need others to to pull together to contribute and sometimes as well if you're thinking of a book and you don't want to do all of the work then you you can work together in a collective i think it's um very very clever and you say you know if if all of you were pushing the one book it does make it a lot easier to because mm-hmm. um, because everyone is is in, it,
2: in... there's a lot of static Lisa there's a lot of static right now and I don't know what happened there's a lot of wind over here
1: okay um, right we'll wrap it up um, I I can hear you perfectly though okay um, good so I yeah um, so. I am talking to Coach Kaya, who is in Southern California. Any final words for um, the listeners out there, Coach? Okay. Uh,
2: (laughs) Here is what I will say, which I truly, truly, truly believe in. If you know your ABCs, you can write words. If you can write words, you can write phrases, sentences, paragraphs, pages, and you can write a book. But if that is too overwhelming for you, Think of it, okay? How would you like to be remembered? Because your story, you know, you may be 50 years old now. I'm just going to talk to a 50-year-old lady <laughs> right now and ask her, mm-hmm. you were 20 once and you went through 30 years of, forgive me for saying, S-H-I-T or whatever it is, challenges, whatever upheavals, highs and lows. But if you had a book, a prescription saying like, okay, Lisa, take this and follow this and you, it will be easier for you. You know, it's not that troubles won't come, but when troubles come, you're not going to die from that. It's just going to be, you'll be like, okay, I'm not all alone. I am not alone. So that is how, that is why you should write a book you should write a story. If you do it for nobody, write it for your daughter, write it for your son, write it for your niece or your nephew, write it for someone. And also, we all think of legacy, but legacy, you know, like multimillionaires will have their name on a college and that's their legacy. Okay, Harvard, okay, Stanford, these are their legacies. But you and I, you know, even we have a legacy. Your life is a legacy. And You can leave that legacy behind. You can live your legacy and then leave it behind for someone else. And as long as you have a written word, kings who fight battles, they are dead and gone. But your written word can touch someone somewhere, even 2,000 years later. And right now, there's Amazon.com. So as long as Amazon.com lives, your legacy
1: is alive. (laughs) (laughs) There we have it. So thank you very much, Coach Kaya, for joining us. And um, for the listeners out there, if you're feeling inspired, want more information um about the coach, then there are notes in the in the show notes. But the website is Coach KR, and KR is spelt k e y a dot com. You can email coaching at coach com for one-to-one coaching. Um and I assume, um, Coach Kaya, you are able to take clients on via all over the world, so you don't have to be in Southern California.
2: No, yes. And in fact, right now, even my clients from Southern California, I work with them over the phone or Skype, so everyone is online. <laughs> Excellent. Uh,
1: you can follow what Coach Kaya gets up to on Instagram, Coach KR, also Pinterest, and on Twitter, Coach Kaya. So thank you, Coach K.O. You've been truly inspirational. And um, I'm going to check out your 21 Days Stronger. Thanks. And so, listeners, it's been um, a very inspirational podcast today. I've got a few things that I've been thinking about when speaking to the coach. So thank you very much for joining me. And I will see you on the next episode of the Authors Podcast.
0: You have been listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton, sponsored by Boogles Limited. Tweet the show at books, spelled B O O G L E Z underscore books you can also contact your host via the email address lisa at lisanewton.co.uk and if you want to join our authors community join the inner circle at www.writerbook.net you have just been listening to the author's podcast with lisa newton see you next time